Right now, we have to welcome in our first guest of the evening, founder, creator of MentalEdgePerformance.com. Take your game to the next level. He is a certified mental game coaching professional. He was a former football player at Cal State and a brief stint at the pro level as well, and also a member of Coaches of Canada, Shane McGowan. How are you, my friend? Nice to talk to you tonight. It's nice to talk to you. How are you doing up there? I'm doing great, man. I mean, uh, regardless of, of how my Green Bay Packers played today, I'm still – I'm here. I'm happy. I'm, I'm ready to do the show tonight, you know? I hear you. No, I agree. Uh, it's been interesting in the NFL here this week, that's for sure. Oh, it really has been. And then, you know, Dak Prescott and all the, the rumblings around the Cowboys, whether Romo's going to come back, he comes out there, he plays well, him and the other youngster, Ezekiel Elliott, get it done tonight. But we're here to talk about the mental side of sports in general. And just right off the top, just kind of explain what your teachings are all about and your main goals of helping athletes, teams, coaches, parents, and organizations on and off the field. Right. Well, I mean, again, you know, you have to look and say nowadays, uh, it's not about just being physically uh, dominant anymore. It's now got to do with the mind game as well. You got to have the, the extra edge and that's where the competitiveness comes in. Everybody's looking to stay ahead of their opponents, uh, our teams, our competition in that way. And that basically, if you're looking at it, you're saying, well, you know, it's the first quarter and I'm going to the, into the fourth quarter. I got to play like it's the first quarter. I got to be that dominant. I have to be uh, mentally tough uh, in the trenches. I got to be mentally uh, and physically tough throughout the whole game too. But that can break down at times. Well, my job now is, is to help these athletes get past those barriers with the confidence. You make a bad play, you got to let it go. You make a great play, you got to move on to the next. Yeah, you, you literally, you can't get too high, you can't get too low in sports. And I remember one time, Shane, I had a player, because I've coached baseball for the last four years, I had a player who, I kid you not, every single time he got, and he was smaller in stature, he was 12 years old at this point, he was, he was one of the smallest kids on the team, and every single time he got up to the bat, he would, if he would strike out, if he would make it out, he would literally come back and cry. Every single time, and, it, and it, you know, it's just the, the mental side of the game. It's, it's so impactful in that way. If, if you, you know, you're taking yourself out of the game and, and you're trying to tell these kids, hey, it's not life or death. You can make it out and you can still be productive. Or, hey, baseball especially, it's a game you're going to fail more than you're going to succeed. And, and that's it exactly. And, and, again, when we talk also about with, with parents' help too, I mean, the encouragement that the parents need to give these children uh, at that age, especially because they're just introducing them into sports in a competitive setting. Parents have to be the most supportive. They're the backbone of that. They can't be the ones that are constantly critiquing or anything like this. Let the coaches coach and do that. Let the parents be that caring and nurturing, but give them the support they need and say, you can do this. You got this. You know, enjoy it and have fun. Yeah, that's an interesting point you bring up there about the parents because I've had to deal with parents over my last, you know, four years of coaching baseball especially. And just talk a little bit about how exactly that dynamic is supposed to work. You said obviously the parents are supposed to be that supporting uh, basically foundation. But is it okay for a parent to kind of push their kid, to try to push their kid? Or is it more like you said, just kind of let the coaches coach, let them push your kid? Or is it important as a parent not just to be supportive but, hey, 
you know, let's get going. You really got to kind of take your game to the next level. You kind of have to get most uh, mentally focused in on, on the task at hand and what you need to accomplish sports wise. This is where it gets a little bit more trickier because you got to look at the ages first. And, you know, I mean, if I'm taking it right from the young age, let the parents just be supportive. Kids just go have fun. When you start getting to 12 to the 15 age bracket, parents get a lot more involved in ways and they're out there and they're cheering. I mean, they're, you know, you look at hockey parents, you look at everybody like that. They're cheering, whether you score, they're, they're booing, they're doing everything. Um, into, to a certain degree, the kids and the parents have to have an understanding you know what I mean? The parents have to know that there's a line that you just can't cross either when it comes to how hard you're going to push your child uh, in their sports. That's where the coaches have to also, I think, um, many times when, when sports start, coaches have to have meetings with parents to say, this is what I need from you guys to be successful with this team as well. Yeah, and you mentioned age and kind of skill level. What age, you know, we're talking about sports psychology. What age or level would you suggest a parent to have their son or daughter who's an athlete kind of seek out a sports psychologist? And what are the advantages of that? Well, you know, first, what are the advantages and what age would you kind of, or skill level, would you kind of suggest a parent to do that for their son or daughter? Well, when you start getting into more the high competitive nature of sports, um, that you know that the child is actually getting good at and escalating at, um, the competitive side starts to come out. That's when you can start saying, you know what, maybe I do need to see a mental game coach uh, to get them started here. And that starts at, again, I would say you're looking at about the 12 years of age. Anything younger than that, you can still work with them, but it's more of kids, you're working with kids and just building up their confidence is what you're doing. You know what I mean? So you can still work with a 9, an 8-year-old, and you're building their confidence. And you can teach parents how to do that, too. We do that as well as, as mental game coaches. And, again, we're talking with Shane McGowan, founder, creator of MentalEdgePerformance.com. You want to see any of his work there, you can go up to that website. It's great. I've been checking it out all day today. And talk a little bit about, because on the website you have the keys to success, and there's a couple on there. Just kind of touch on the keys to success for, you know, an athlete, parent, coach, whatever it may be in sports psychology, in the mental game. Right. Well, when you're dealing with keys to success, I mean, like I said, if we're going to look and say, okay, well, I'm going to talk first about um, my 15-year-old and they're highly competitive, um, the success that they need to have is first, they got to enjoy what they do. There's no question about that. They got to love the sport that they do. Um, it's, it's about them getting out there and trying their best all the time with that. Now comes how much confidence do they still have? Do they need, um, to build up? And then from there, after the confidence, we start going with the trust, how much, how much trust do they have? Uh, are they playing, you know, their goal settings? Um, and one of the big things I also find is sometimes athletes start get fear of failure. You know, they get a little bit timid out there at times, and you got to break through that threshold too. Yeah, how, how, talk about that. How do, you, how do you break through that, that fear of failure? Because I was a former athlete yourself. You were a former athlete, and you, now you're a coach, and I'm a coach. And, you know, just talk a little bit about how, how you get your players to kind of break through that fear of failure because we've all experienced it at some point in our careers. How, how are some – what are some – examples of how you, you, you break through that fear of failure? 
you know, it, it's it's really actually not as much as it's a trick. It's just a really think about it for a second is what is it that's causing that fear? You know, is it because I don't want to blow this last play? Uh, as an example, you, you say you coached uh, baseball here. You know, the pitcher's yeah. up on the mound. I need to throw a strike, right? That's what they're thinking. I need to throw. Well, don't put all that pressure on yourself. You've thrown a thousand strikes. It's nothing new to you. You're at the same distance from, from where you stand to where the plate is. It's no different. you got to get into that zone and keep that mentality like that, and you give it everything you've got. Now, the biggest thing, though, is also the positive talk to yourself. I see pitchers, I see players always talking to themselves out there, and people wonder, what are they saying? What are they saying? A lot of it is that exact words. I can do this. I've done this a thousand times. That's how they start getting over the fear of failures, and they stop overthinking and just reacting to what they have to do. That's a great point that you bring up because that's one thing my coaches and my dad especially have taught me throughout the years of, you know, visualizing, kind of seeing yourself being successful and having that self-talk. You know, so that's one of those big major keys that you guys kind of you, you teach to your athletes. Oh, it is. It's, there's no question about that. And um, especially, you know, like part of this I also do is I teach um, high-level martial artists in taekwondo who are going off to world championships, uh, national and international championships with uh, the other coaches here, Jay Park and them. And I'll tell you, that's the biggest thing because now you're dealing with a one-on-one sport, a combat of sports. And these kids are like 17, you know, 18 years of age competing for the Olympics. Well, they can't wow. have any fears of failure or else they're going to get knocked out, you know. So they have to have the yeah. mindset, you know, game plan on, game ready. And these are things you have to incorporate, but you have to visualize seeing yourself doing things where you get into that zone. You had mentioned different sports that we've kind of talked about. And I was reading over the website and you mentioned on there that Sports that are most often used that all, most often use sports psychology. Number one is golf, and number two is tennis. Why? Why are those two sports so reliant on being so mentally tough and, and having a good sports psyche? Well, if you take golf for for our first example, you have to focus on on the ball. You got to focus on your target, and that's all it is, which is the pin. Now you've got to play three rounds of golf. Um, you're doing that on a weekend. Your your livelihood a lot of times depends on how well you do shoot. What kind of sponsorships are you going to get? There's a lot of pressure that's put on that as as a as a golfer. Never mind an amateur trying to get it into the pros. They have a harder time, and they're the most focused athletes I've, I've ever encountered and met and have worked with because of what they have to do. You know, we can be the the weekend golfer who just hacks the ball and watch it go wherever. They have to be the consistent person to get that ball 280 yards, you know, and, and two to the hole. Yeah, that, that's huge. And I, I'm a big golfer myself, or I have been before I kind of got a little injured. I, I didn't golf that much this past year, but I know from experience, and I'm not sure if you golf, Shane, but I, I'm one of those guys that's just kind of weekend hackers just go and, and don't really worry about where it goes. I try to hit it straight, but it doesn't always, it doesn't always go that way. And it's so easily just to psych yourself out, especially golf-wise. So that really makes sense. I'm sure anybody who's picked up a golf club and tried to play the game uh, can, can understand why that's the number one sport that you have to be kind of mentally locked in for. Now, what about tennis? Why, why tennis? Why do you have to be so locked in tennis-wise um, mentally? 
when you're playing tennis, as an example, with when you look at say the the Williams sisters and all these high high level ranking athletes out there, their their game is so fast, and you have to understand that you you gotta get this tennis ball within a certain distance without it hitting the line and everything like that. You have to a control the game and not get yourself overwhelmed because the other opponent is going to say faster at a speed you're not ready for either. So now a one-on-one situation, you got to time everything. You're moving faster than what you expect. You're also playing in conditions that are, you know, tremendously hot at times to, to crazy uh, asphalt and, and everything like that. So it's very difficult for them, and they need to stay focused on their task, and that's the biggest thing. Now, are there any sports, Shane, that are maybe you don't really need sports psychologists or sports psychology as much as, say, a golf, a tennis, a baseball, uh, martial arts, anything like that? Are there any sports that maybe you don't need it as much? You know, you know the funny thing is, is that they've, they've started doing more and more studies, and I've talked with other profs about this, and almost every sport now, is using a mental game coach, a sports psychologist, somebody that's in that field. And I'm talking from motocross racing to even chess players. You know, this is how much the the game has changed into which nowadays you have to get the extra edge and that becomes me working more more on my focusing, me concentrating more, Um, no limitations. Uh, My motivation is more higher than it ever used to be a few years back. That is the difference now. So everybody should be. And I, as you can start seeing in time, you're going to see almost teams constantly having somebody like myself on their teams of, of a mental game coach, because you need people like us. Yeah, absolutely. Talking again with Shane McGowan, creator and founder of MentalEdgePerformance.com. Check that out online. Of course, you get a lot of good stuff in there. And, um, you know, and it's, it's like you just mentioned, Shane, it's, it's so important. And I can see it now as a coach that it would be so important to, to employ somebody like yourself or so that can work with my team, players, uh, just to kind of get them to that next level. And, and we've always, I've always preached at least I have to my players that, hey, we may not be physically the, the strongest, the best, but we have to make all the little, we have to do all the little things right. We have to be mentally tougher than the, the, our opponents on the, in the other dugout. So as a you know, baseball coach and a former still trying to hang on to playing again when I'm healthy type of player, is there any advice that you could give me or somebody like me in maybe in their mid-20s to bring their team that they're coaching or they're, they're working with to kind of the next level? Well, you kind of said that, you know, I mean, like you said, your team may not be, as an example, the, the best at batting. They, they're great out. You have to look at what is your strength, what is your weakness. Yep. We start to build off of our strengths. We start to then motivate ourselves to say we can get through those weaknesses if we play the game smart, which means I have, I have to have your focus. I have to have your attention. You guys have to be motivated out there. There can't be any performance anxiety. You don't worry about mistakes. You're just going to go and play your game that you've done it thousands of times before. And young coaches and, and, you know, that are teaching young teams need to be that way. I mean, it's okay for the kids to sit off and say, I'm going to hit this ball. I got it. I got it. Perfect. That's what you want them to say. You don't want them having any negative thoughts going, oh, geez, I hope I, I, get, I at least tag it or something. There, no, no, there's no negativeness. It's all positive. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right, last one here 
from me. Uh, can you give us you know, any any interesting cases or athletes or teams or coaches that you've worked with in the past? Kind of give us a, a personal story or two that, you know, maybe a success story of somebody, an athlete or a program that was really struggling and, you know, that you've kind of implemented your keys to success and your programs to kind of get them to the next level and, and to uh, compete at the highest level, whether it be with martial arts, like you said, you were kind of training these, these kids to kind of compete at the Olympic level, or maybe just some other sport that you've kind of encountered over your so many years uh, of really doing this and being successful at it. Well, there's, you know, there's a, there's a few different things uh, story-wise, but I mean, Anything I've, I've done as of lately, I mean, I've been fortunate enough to, to deal with some really great athletes and teams. And I know one of them, as an example, uh, unfortunately, an unfortunate situation with one of their players was actually, you know, um, harmed and, and shot and killed, and they're heading into the playoffs. Oh. And this is a team that had to get through this now, and they did. And they're now off to the playoffs themselves with the momentum going of, of carrying on this this with them to, to, you know, do something special. And I mean, they fought through it. This is a, a very tight knit group and, and they're done very well. They're still doing well. And so little things like that, that can make a big difference that we sort of forget about too. It's not all about us. You know, there's a, outside distractions that can sometimes interfere in our, in our playing and in our, in our games. And so that's, that's part of it. And I mean, a lot of people don't realize that they're, they're athletes, but they're humans. You know, they're not just, they're not robots. And I mean, you have to take in the fact that we all have personal lives and things play a factor. So my job is, like I said, to help in that support and get the teams through these things. And, and I did, and, and it's worked out really well. Wow, that's an incredible story. And yeah, I've, you know, I've seen pieces like that on SportsCenter and, and the, the different sports media outlets. And you, know, you literally were there helping a team through a crisis where their, one of their teammates was killed. And you, know, they, you, you helped get them to the next level and stay mentally focused when it would be so easy to let their mind drift off to their teammate, to, you know, their friends, their family, whatever it may be. Uh, that's just an incredible story. Thank you so much for sharing that and, and all the rest of the, the, the stuff that you do. Again, Shane McGowan, founder, creator of the mental edgeperformance.com. Take your game to the next level. Any, uh, any, anywhere else anybody can find you or, or anything else that you want to uh, talk about that you're doing, Shane? Yeah. Well, no, like you said, it's, uh, it's, it's mental edge mentaledgeperformance.ca and I'm there. Uh, you can yeah, reach me yeah, also sorry, at coach. Right. Oh, no, that's, that's no problem. And also at coach <laughs> at mentaledgeperformance.com. So, I mean, you know, uh, email me, uh, get in touch with me. I'm also on, on the Facebook here as well. So you guys can always get in touch with me. Great. That's awesome. And, and if I do end up coaching again, uh, this year, I will definitely be in touch with you and, and hopefully we'll be able to, uh, to get some things going and, and help my players out even further. Thank you so much, Shane, for taking some time and uh, talking to me tonight. Thank you very much for having me on. Take care. Of course, man. Talk to you. Take care.